We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. It's your Midwest Mamas, Alexa and Melissa, and we are glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. We know you have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts, so we're excited that you chose us as one of your options. Today, you will not be disappointed that you decided to listen into this conversation. We had the pleasure, the complete pleasure of interviewing Heather M. Dixon. She is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, just to name a few things. And she today on the show just shared her testimony and um, just talked about some really difficult things. So we think you're going to find courage and just hope today. And we're um, just honored that you're here. And we're so thankful to Heather that she opened up and can just speak to us about things that are hard. So thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Heather Dixon. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining in. And we are excited to bring you today a conversation with Heather M. Dixon. Heather, can you say hello? Well, hey, gals, and hey to everyone listening. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thank Hello. you. We're so excited. So, Heather, for our listeners who don't really know you yet, can you just kind of give us a little background about you? Sure. Well, the short story is I am a professional dry shampoo user who loves the Bible. <laughs> Uh, I hate grooming. I hate washing my hair. So I'm really good at using dry shampoo. Um, I am the mom of, I have one son, he's 14. So we are in the teenage middle school uh, years, which are very trying. (laughs) Uh, But you know, we're, we're surviving. We're doing okay. Um, And I'm, I'm married to the man of my dreams. Both of my boys play hockey. So we are a hockey family. I'm a hockey mom and I love to watch my son play but man, every time he goes to that rink, I uh, mm. w- wonder why he could not have taken up surfing. So oh, yeah. it's cold. It's it's cold. I'm a Southerner. And so, you know, I'm not really used to that, but it's, it's okay. I love watching him play. So we're, we're a hockey family. Uh, it's just our family of three. We have a golden doodle. We're a precious little dog that we are, we're a dog family. Um, but I'm a Bible teacher. I'm an author and speaker, and I get to travel the, the country and go uh, speak and, and encourage women about what the Bible says about about who God is and what he says about them and how much uh, he loves them. And it's just, I, I love it. The, I'm a Bible nerd. The Bible nerd, uh, nerdery is my jam. And so <laughs> I just, I love my job. I love what I get to do. So that's a little bit about me. I'm um, also the survivor of a of an incurable illness, which we may talk a little bit more about later, I'm sure. So I won't I won't delve into that at the moment. But that 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 drives a lot of my passion for what I do. So wow, in hockey, yes, that's like an aggressive sport, isn't it's it? Yes. Incredibly aggressive. Because <laughs> you mentioned like the cold, and I was thinking, oh, I'd I'd be like scared for a safety. <laughs> Well, you know, so my husband, when we met, you know, my husband was playing uh, hockey for his college. He, he played for the college that he went to. And so, um, you know, and he was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He was, the, he's the nicest person you will ever meet in your entire life until he gets on the ice. Right. Oh, and so, okay. you know, and he's, he's always played. And so I just, you know, it's kind of become a thing that, you know, I, cause I, I had no idea. Like I, in the South, nobody plays hockey down here except for him, obviously. And, um, and so, you know, I just kind of got used to it, but yeah. So 
this this is the year, like this year and last year, because we're kind of, you know, my son is 14 and we're kind of hitting, hitting that, you know, puberty testosterone time um, when any given game, there's almost guaranteed a fight because those boys are just they're young and, you know, their hormones are raging. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, so yeah. yes, but, you know, they have a ton of they have a ton of equipment and the refs are usually good. And, you know, we we have been very fortunate in our family. He's not been injured majorly, but we we have seen a few bad injuries for sure. So we just we just, you know, say our blessings and and give a little prayer before we go on the ice. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. And I do have to ask because I wish I could figure out dry shampoo. but I can't figure it out. And I feel like I've tried so many different kinds. So what is your your go-to dry shampoo? So my, I rotate through them as well also, but my favorite, I would have to say is not your mother's uh, dry shampoo. You can get it at Target. Yeah. I hear that the living proof dry shampoo is really good, um, but it's kind of expensive. So I haven't Mm -hmm. splurged yet, but here's my pro tip for you. Spray it in right before you go to bed. Don't use it in the morning. Like when you're styling, your hair spray it in before you go to bed because as you toss and you turn and you sleep like all like it's basically like fancy baby powder because I used to listen listen I was using dry shampoo before dry shampoo was a thing Mm -hmm. so like I can remember being in college and being in high school and like you know put putting baby powder in my hair or cocoa powder Mm because I have dark brown hair um and so that's all it is and so as you sleep it will it'll toss and it'll you know you toss and turn it and it'll kind of like get in there and clean your hair and you wake up and you're like Oh, my hair is so clean today. <laughs> so that that's my tip is that I wash my hair once every four or five days and I just use wow. dry shampoo on the nights that I that I haven't washed it and it works that for me. That's a good tip. I've never tried it before bed. I've always tried it, you know, like that morning of and it just never works out the way I want it to. <laughs> right. Because you're expecting like Brooke Shields or something. Right. You know, or or I don't I don't know. I'm yes. so out of touch with pop culture, but like whatever a famous star with great hair is right now, like that's what you're expecting in the morning and you're not mm-hmm. going to get it in the morning so no. put it in the night before and let me know how it goes there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so tell us about being a bible teacher so how does that work for you or typically work and I'm guessing it's changed now since you know COVID and everything but um, oh tell gosh, us about yeah. being a bible teacher yeah. So let's see. I started teaching the Bible um, about 20 years ago when my husband and I were newlyweds. We, we've been married for 19 years, so almost 20 years. Um, and when we first got married, we wanted to do ministry together. And so we ran a high school Bible study. We met at a summer, a Christian summer camp for kids. And during the school year, they had, uh, you know, a Bible study throughout the year to kind of keep the kids engaged and, you know, and, and interact with the campers and, you know, feed into their lives um, as they were going through high school. And so we led that. And so we hosted it in our home and we had about 90 kids who would come to our house uh, every week, um, which I do not recommend, but it was, it was a blast. Um, Oh my gosh, 90? 90. Yeah. And we were just, we were not even equipped for it. You know, our house was not really built for that. We had a really open, we have a, and we still, we're still in the same house, but we have a very open, um, you know, downstairs. So, you know, we made it work, but it, it was, we had a lot of kids. Um, and so I started teaching Bible study then to them and, um, 
and particularly the girls, you know, I had several of the girls mm. that I would disciple and mentor. Mm-hmm. And back then, and still kind of sort of today, um, you know, there's not a, there wasn't a lot of Bible study curriculum available for them that wasn't fluff or, you know, really on the surface. And my girls were very deep thinkers and they really wanted to dig into God's word. And there just wasn't curriculum available on the market that we could easily pick up from the store and, you know, start teaching it and feel like they were experiencing the Bible in a meaningful way. And so I just started writing curriculum for them. And I started, you know, writing Bible studies, you know, every week. And I would just do my own research. I'm a total nerd. And so, you know, I, I loved doing the research piece of it and diving in. There's always something to learn in the Bible. I mean, you just, yeah. you're, you're, it's the nerd's paradise. You're never at a loss for learning. And, um, And so I just I started teaching them and I thought, wow, that would be really, really cool if I could do this one day, like for a living. Right. And it was just one of those like pie in the sky dreams that I never thought would would happen. Um, And, you know, fast forward, you know, about 17 years or so. And, you know, I got pregnant and had a kid. And so we had to eventually move the Bible study out of our house. And we got, you know, big enough that we had to meet in a local church and. And so I kind of once, you know, my son was born, I, the, the ministry took a back seat because I, you know, had to be mom. And I, you know, mm-hmm. that was that was a lot. Yeah. Um, and that was OK. So, you know, I kind of did that for, you know, until he he got, you know, a little bit older. And um, and then in, let's see, the fall of, of 2015, you know, I continued to kind of write and teach just in small group settings, but but nothing really formal, just in, in, in any way that you would kind of volunteer, um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, if you were volunteering, leading a Bible study at church or in, in your home or whatever. And then in 2015, I experienced just this slew of major medical events. And, um, you know, long story short, I, you know, I had, you know, a a miscarriage and I had um, a ruptured carotid artery and I had um, a ruptured, um, had two aneurysms that ruptured and caused a partial kidney infarction, which is where you lose, you know, some kidney tissue and Wow. That turned into this diagnosis, scary diagnosis, right? So after that, my doctor said, you have this scary diagnosis and there's not a whole lot you can do with it anymore. Um, and so I was I was actually a fitness instructor at the time. I was working part time teaching children's music and um, part time. And then I was a fitness instructor part time. And I couldn't do that anymore because of this this diagnosis that I had. There were a lot of physical limitations on my body. And I'll never forget my grandma said, uh, well, old girl, at least you can still write. <laughs> she, <laughs> she said, you better get to it. And I, you know, I had been a ghostwriter. I was actually doing that also. I, I kind of freelanced all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was juggling mom life and um, mm-hmm. staying at home. And and so I had been a ghostwriter for years. And so I was like, you know what, you're, you're right, I can. And so I just started writing what I love the most. And I was like, I'm going to write a Bible study. And so I was a part of a home Bible study next door and um, my next door neighbor. And she said, will you write this particular study for us? Because she knew I was I was you know, doing a lot of studying in the book of Joshua. I said, sure. And so I wrote it for them. And then that turned into writing it for my church and needing to self-publish it for them. And then um, that turned into, well, you know, maybe I can really do this thing. And so I went to this, you know, a conference for writers and speakers. And um, that was kind of the the launch of where I am today. And so one thing turned into another. And, you know, I, I met my editor and, and now I, I do this full time. So for me, um, 
Yeah, it, it means I'm, I'm writing a Bible study once a year. I just published, I released my third Bible study um, this spring, and I'm in the middle of writing my next one right now, which will be mm. released next fall. And so, you know, I'm kind of always in this learning experience, but, you know, I, I, uh, where I'm learning and studying and writing and sharing and repeat. And so that's what that looks like for me is just, you mm-hmm. know, listening yeah. to what God is, is teaching me in my own personal study um, and leaning in to, you know, where he needs, you know, subjects and topics that he needs me to teach because, you know, he, he knows what the women that I will serve, what they need more than I do. And one of the prayers that I always pray over the work that I do and the ministry that I do is God burden my heart with the burdens of the women I am called to serve. And so that those burdens will be placed upon my heart as I'm reading and studying. So I will be able to speak into whatever they need to hear in that season of their life. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I listen to what God says in response to that prayer and I study and I learn and I turn it into a Bible study and then I share it, you know, with my community and with the events that I speak at. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate to travel and speak all over the country, except yeah. for years like this, right. <laughs> um, you know, where I just go and and share the word of God and encourage people with it. So I I really am passionate about, um, you know, the the fact that God's word can change our lives and transform it because it's, he's done that for me. And so that's why I want to share it with others. So that's a really long answer to your question about (laughs) what does Bible teaching look like for me? No, no. Thank you. And you, so you mentioned you've written three well, officially, you're, mm-hmm. you've published the three Bible studies and you're mm-hmm. working on your fourth. So I what am. were the first three about? Were they similar to each other? Can you tell um, us about those first three? Just kind of a glimpse sure. into them and maybe like, oh, if you're looking for this, try this one or, you know. Yes. So the first study that I wrote, I actually self-published um, because okay. I was not working with a traditional publisher. It was the one that, you know, that I wrote for my next door neighbor, small group, and I wrote for my church. And so I self-published it as a way to just kind of get it, you know, just just get it in a printed material um, short of photocopying it for everyone. And so yeah. it's on Amazon and it's it's a study. Uh, it's called Ready, Finding the Courage to Face the Unknown. Um, mm. And it is a six week study on the first five chapters of Joshua. Um, And I wrote it because those were the scriptures that God, uh, you know, I really clung to and God used to bring me through that process of, you know, that the season where I was having those medical, scary medical events, and then my diagnosis. And it was all of that, all the truth grounded in um, those first first five chapters of Joshua, which really helped me face just the season of just, wow, this is a season of unknown, and I'm very scared to face it. And so I recommend that for women you know, it's not for the woman who, you know, is looking into her future and says, everything looks like roses and it's perfect. And I'm so excited. It's not for that girl. Um, It's, it's for the woman who is looking ahead and wondering, how do I, you know, how do I do this? How do I put two feet on the floor? Um, How, you know, I don't know what my future looks like. Um, You know, it's, it's really helpful for women with anxiety um, because, you know, I think I, I struggle with anxiety on a daily basis. And I think, 
think for those of us, a lot of a lot of times that boils down to just the fear of the unknown. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's called yeah. ready. And you know, the the at the heart of it is just you know embracing the willingness to be ready every single day to face the day with courage um, and with hope. And so that's the first one. The second one is determined, uh, living like Jesus in every moment. And that is a six week study on the gospel of Luke. And so we look at the life and ministry of Jesus. And I wrote that because uh, one of the words used to describe my diagnosis is terminal because it is incurable and there is a shortened life expectancy associated with it. And I really hated that word. And so, you know, I, I was going through my, you know, my quiet time and my prayer time with God. I was like, how do I obliterate that word? And he very patiently reminded me that I was not the first person to walk this earth with the awareness that death was on its way. Jesus mm-hmm. had three years to, you know, make a difference and change the entire world. And he lived those three years, not with a terminal perspective, but with mm-hmm. a determined heart. And so, and there's one verse in particular wow. that speaks to his, you know, determination. And, um, and so I just, you know, that is for the woman who doesn't want to waste her time on earth, you know, who mm-hmm. wants to wake up every morning and say, these 24 hours are a gift. And I know exactly how to spend them to live like Jesus and make a difference for God's kingdom, uh, to live determined like Jesus. So that is available. Uh, that's on Amazon. It's on, it's at uh, Barnes and Noble, Christian Book, Cokesbury. It's wherever books are sold. That's, that is when I transitioned into working with my, my beloved traditional publisher. Okay. And then the third one um, is uh, uh, it's called Renewed, Finding Hope When You Don't Like Your Story. And that is a four-week study on the book of Ruth, but it's written from Naomi's perspective. Because if you're familiar with with the book of Ruth at all and the character of Naomi, she's, you know, she, she goes through some considerable hardship and I really resonate with her more so than Ruth. Ruth is like perfect and beautiful. And she's, she's, <laughs> she's a great character. Like, right. Nothing yeah. against her, but I don't resonate with her. I am <laughs> Naomi. And yeah. so a lot of the women in my community in my ministry community are, are walking through not seasons of hardship, but stories that they can't change, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they're not walking through something where they know this too shall pass. Um, they're they're carrying things that that you know they know that they will have to carry for the length of their time here on earth. And so it is you know that that study is you know for the woman who just wants to find hope with a story that she does not like and cannot change. And so those those are the first three short short blip into uh, some of the the studies that I have loved teaching and studying on. I mean, and they all sound amazing. Like everyone else, like, yep, I could do that. I could use that. (laughs) And when you say like six week study or four week study, is it like a, um, a daily study? Like where it's like six straight weeks, like of every day you're doing, you know? Yeah. Kind of, sort of. So the six-week right. studies are, um, they last for six weeks. Mm-hmm. There's five weeks of uh, lessons or homework or daily activities, whatever you would call it. And that's, you know, where you walk through the, you know, the written portion where I, you know, lead you. There's usually, the way, the way I write is usually a devotion at the beginning. And then I walk you through your own personal study of the word. Because that is where the real wisdom and change happens. is not through yeah. what I'm saying 
or what I'm writing. It's how God is working in what you're reading. Mm -hmm. um, and so my job as a teacher is just to guide you through that and take you to a place where you can have this authentic and intimate experience with God's word and with him as you study yeah. it. And yeah. so there's five days of that, of just, oh. you know, guided, uh, you know, questions and reading and context and information to kind of, you know, guide you through that. And then there's no homework or lessons on two days. So let's say you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then take a break Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And then, but then there's also a teaching portion um, that is optional, but helps to kind of enhance what you're doing on your own, your personal studies. There's one teaching segment each week for those six week studies. Now, the Ruth, the four week study on Ruth is a little bit different because it was written specifically for women um, in very busy seasons. Um, we had yeah. no idea okay. when I was writing it that it would be released during the season of COVID. Mm. Um, but mm -hmm. it was very timely because you know everyone is juggling way too many things right now and if you have you know children at home and you're remote learning and mm -hmm. uh, you know it just obliterates your schedule in that way so it was written for that woman in mind not necessarily okay. covid but um so there, it's four weeks and there's only three days of homework lessons for that three days of lessons and then one there's still a teaching segment and my teaching segments are generally about 20 to 30 minutes max. I don't even think they go longer than 30 minutes. They're intentionally short um, okay. because, you know, most of the Bible studies, you can do them on your own, but they're, you know, a lot of times women will choose to do them in a group because it's that fellowship and prayer and discussion that kind of brings a richer understanding of the word together. And so, you know, I don't want to waste your time with, uh, you know, me chattering on. I want you to be able to have that experience with the women in your group. So the teaching sessions are intentionally shorter for that reason. Gotcha. Yeah. So you kind of, you know, already touched base on your um, diagnosis and how it's kind of changed uh, your outlook on life. So what does living your life well look like to you now? Yeah. So my, my diagnosis is a, uh, it's a, it's a genetic connective tissue disorder. Um, and so what that means is that uh, it's called vascular Ehlers-Danlos and it essentially it means my body doesn't hold itself well together and it, it causes uh, my blood vessels, arteries and organs um, to spontaneously rupture. Um, and in addition to the things I've mentioned, the carotid artery rupture, um, the, the miscarriage, um, the kidney infarction, my colon also ruptured uh, in 2010. And then my son was born prematurely because my membranes ruptured early. Oh, um, oh Gosh. Yeah. So you know, you had this, you know, slew of stuff. And then my doctors are putting all of that information together and they're matching it with my mom's medical history. Um, and she died when she was 37 in 1988. I was 11. And it was this really back then it was this really rare thing. They had no idea what what was going on. And um, and so she had, you know, a lot of same things, a lot of this internal rupture business and the mm -hmm. doctors, you know, couldn't put their fingers on it. And so my doctors today, though, were able to put the pieces together and say, yeah, she had this same condition and you inherited wow. it from her. Wow. Um, and so we know now that that's what took her life at the age of 37. And so, you know, when I was diagnosed, my, you know, it's a great give me some meds, give me a treatment. Let's fix this. Right. It's 2016 when I was diagnosed. So, you know, yeah. medical advancements have come really far. So let's, let's get rid of it. And, you know, my doctor was just, he was so, I'll never forget the look on his face with, 
very kind and compassionate eyes, but he said, there, there is nothing you can do. There's no cure or treatment. Mm. Um, he said, wow. uh, the average life expectancy is 48. So what I can tell you is to prepare your bucket mm. list and live your life well. So mm. that question, you know, living, what does living your life well look like to me yeah. is, is, is a major, it's a big one. Yeah. And mm. I'll tell you, you know, the answer is, is always evolving. Um, I think at its core, it looks like waking up and knowing that the next 24 hours might be my last. Um, mm. That's a reality, you know, that, that I live with. And, and honestly, gals, it's a reality we all live with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. one likes to think about it, but right. um, you know, but, but, that's the reality that's kind of in my face every morning. And so for me, living life well means pursuing ways that, you know, that I can honor God in the next 24 hours, that I can love my family well, that I can serve my community until I lay my head to rest for that night. Um, And listen, let me tell you something that sounds really lofty and I fail at it every single day. (laughs) I'm, you know, I mean, it's it's like I'm always practicing that goal, but, but I do think it it gives you um, a sense of focus and also attitude. You know, I mean, the, this COVID has been a really, really difficult season. But I think when you have, you know, when you have that kind of perspective, and if if any of you are listening, and you've walked through a, a illness uh, like that, a diagnosis or some type of hardship, where it just changes your perspective on life, you can probably echo this sentiment, but it, it very quickly helps you prioritize what matters and what doesn't. Mm. And so, you know, it, it then makes life a little bit easier because I can say, you mm. know what, I got 99 problems, but that is not one of them. I'm not mm. going to worry about that today. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that that really is a blessing. So, you know, living uh, living well looks like those things. It's prioritizing and focusing my day. It's, you know, living with perspective. And it's also, yeah. you know, embracing bucket list living, you know, and, and yeah. uh, you know, doing Doing things, I, I I say this all the time. It's like what you know, what makes your soul sing, Heather? You know, or the advice I'll give my friends when they're trying to choose decisions. Okay, well, what makes your soul sing? Um, mm. To me, that's that's bucket list living. Um, yeah. You know, it's not this 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 check. You know, it's list that you're checking off when you retire. It's you know, okay, I'm gonna embrace this day fully because mm-hmm. you know. Um, by the way, that's why Jesus came, John 10, 10, that we may have abundant life. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to try to embrace this day fully because these 24 hours are a gift. Life is so precious. Mm. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I think I think a lot of people um, search their entire lives for that. Um, and that's not something special that I did to look at it that way. It It was through you know, months and years of tears um, yeah. and, you know, surrendering that diagnosis at the feet of Jesus. Um, but the, there are blessings that that's how he works. You know, I mean, he he takes our hardship and he turns it into sweet blessings. And so mm. uh, those are those are some of the ways that that yeah. living my life well looks like for me, at least today. Ask me tomorrow. I may change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you mentioned the a couple times just about the bucket list. So can you share like maybe something you've already done that before your diagnosis, like you would have never thought you would do like were some things now like coming like on your bucket list that you never really had thought about doing that now you're like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you my, my perfect example of this was, um, let's see, I was diagnosed in 2016 
And to be honest with you gals, I did not think I would live to see the age of 40. I turned 40 in 2017 and I didn't okay. think I would live to see it. I'm four, I'm 43 now. Um, and, uh, and so we are a big Disney nerd family. <laughs> Love <laughs> Disney. And I, and I really like, I grew up with Disney and I, of course I enjoyed yeah. it, but I, but I really didn't fall in love with it as much until I saw it through my son's eyes. Um, yeah. you know, if you, if you have, you know, kids and you've taken your kids to Disney, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, so we took him for the first time when he was seven and then, uh, that was in, let's see, 2014. Okay. So fast forward a few years later after my diagnosis, um, and you know, we, we really wanted to go again, but just, it was, you know, it's one of those things that you always plan for and yeah. it's kind of a future kind of thing. Right. So, okay. So I was diagnosed in 2016 and then that summer, uh, you know, Thomas was, that's my son. He was supposed to go to Williamsburg that year with his school, but he couldn't go because he was sick. And so we said, that's okay, buddy. We're going to take you to Williamsburg this summer. Okay. So this was a few months after my diagnosis and we're still kind of processing the ramifications of it. And so we sent him to summer camp and we're supposed to, the plan is we're going to pick him up from summer camp and then we're going to go to Williamsburg. And so while he's at summer camp, uh, my husband says, you know, can you look at the budget for everything and figure out how much, you know, we're about to spend when we go to Williamsburg? I was like, sure. And I was looking at it. I was like, wow, Williamsburg is really expensive. I wonder. Um, and so I just I just started I, I made a spreadsheet and I, I brought it home to my when my husband came home that night. I said, you know what? Disney World is like $50 more expensive a weekend at Disney World for a family of three. OK, let me clarify this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are a small family, so we can do it a little bit easier than bigger families. Um, but I was like a weekend. It's not that much more expensive. Why don't, what, what, let's just surprise him. And so we, we literally booked the trip in less than 24 hours. Um, and we picked him up from camp and, uh, we drove south to Florida. He still thought we were going to Williamsburg. And then, you know, we, we showed up at a hotel in the middle of the night across from the park and uh, woke him up the next morning and took him and it was like second to him receiving like Jesus as his savior it was my proudest moment as a parent <laughs> because he just you know it was one of those things yeah. we would have never yeah. done that before yeah. you know and that, that's a big bucket list moment but yeah. you know we would have never been that spontaneous but I think yeah. because we realized you know what we we may not get this chance again you know and and like why not like what why not what yeah. like what are we what what are we holding it back from because it's mm. not responsible because it's not adulting who cares let's go and we had a blast it was it was yeah. amazing it's a memory that he'll never forget oh, yeah so. that's so special yeah oh, that is so special and so uh, wow Heather you've just been through a lot and um I mean just what do you just have any advice about or just kind of, I mean, have you always seen God working in the details of your story or do you have any suggestions on like how we should be looking for how God is moving and just yeah. trusting him, you know, just through going all that, I'm just, you know, trying to process and just hearing all this, like what, um, I'm trying to get my thoughts, like how, you know, just yeah. like your story, just like how to continue to trust in God, you know, through just the difficult times. 
Yeah, I think that um, my answer to you is that no, I have not always actively seen God working because sometimes that's the reality. We don't, mm -hmm. you know, we sometimes, you know, we feel so distant from him. And, um, you know, I'm sure especially in seasons now when we're just kind of moving through you know, really, really crazy season. You're wondering where in the world are you, God? Um, you know, why, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family? Why is this happening to our world? Yeah. Um, you know, what what is going on here? And I think in those situations, and and particularly like you know, with my diagnosis, it was it was those were some really dark days when I was processing that. Yeah. Um, and I have certainly moved through seasons where uh, where I you know, did not see him working and refused to see him. Um, mm. But I think, uh, you know, in, in, this is why I love studying God's word, right? Because it teaches us the way the world works, even when we can't understand the whole world. So, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that you learn from studying the book of Ruth from Naomi's perspective is that God was working in her details, you know, in that, you know, the first chapter in Ruth, she she gets, you know, she says she's so bitter. And a lot of people blame Naomi because she thinks that she's uh, they say that she's, you know, blaming God and she's crying out to God and she shouldn't be bitter. And I'm like, you know what? I. I've said all of those things that she has said. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. We may judge Naomi, but God, God doesn't. And so like the first thing he starts to do is working in her details. And so the very next chapter, right after she has this monologue of, you know, gosh, my life is so awful. And she's right. Her life is awful. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's lost her husband. She's lost her two sons. She has to come home and she's destitute. She needs, you know, provision. And, you know, she, God turns around and immediately starts putting things in action in her details. Now here's, here's the thing. Could she see at the moment that that's exactly what he was doing? Could she have had any future insight as to what was coming down the road for her? No, she couldn't. But yeah. God was there and he was working. And, you know, it, that doesn't we don't see that just happening in the book of, of Ruth. We see that happening all over the Bible and God working yeah. in people's details. So the mm -hmm. trick you know, for us, like, okay, that's the truth. How do we apply that today? So I think we have to train our minds to, to see with hindsight. And number one, we have to remember what God has done for us in the past. And number two, remember the truth of his character and his character is he is working even when we can't see it. Yeah. And so if we can cling to that in these moments where, you know, our heart is, is, you know, longing to cry, it, it, not just longing, our heart is saying, where are you, God? If yeah. we can train our brain to kick in and be like, you know what? I can't feel him, but I know his character because I read the Bible and this is what it tells me about who God is and what he's doing. And even though I can't see him working today, right now in this minute, I know he actually is because that's who God is and that's what he does. Um, and so, you know, that that's not an easy practice and it is, it's oh, a practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not something you just, you know, snap your fingers and all of a sudden, okay, I've got a perfect perspective on life now. Right. Um, I mean, listen, my, my dad died suddenly um, when I was 30 from a car accident, he hit a tree and we had about 48 hours with him before we had to mm -hmm. take him off of life support. And I did not, respond to that well. Uh, that was my Naomi season, you know, where, where yeah. I just was like, God, you have just ruined my life. 
Um, and I didn't see him moving then. Um, but you know, those seasons when we walk through that and we learn and we, you know, we, we learn to surrender that to God. And we also, you know, just, just get more wise because we're, we're growing up in our faith and we're experiencing more in life. I mean, all of our lives are, are crazy journeys in general, but you know, when I look back on that season, what that taught me, because, you know, I really pulled away from God until Jesus like lovingly and 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 uh, and passionately and uh, patiently wooed me back into a personal relationship with them. I mean, he pursued me. He was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not letting you go. You mm-hmm. may want to go, but I'm not letting you go. Mm-hmm. And so because of that season, I was able to walk through my season of my medical diagnosis and say, you know what, this is awful too, but I know God is working uh, because he was working when my dad died. And I can see that with hindsight now. I couldn't (laughs) see it then, but I can see it now. So I'm going to tell myself that this is still true. Like this feels awful, but I know God is working and I'm going to see the fruit of his work um, if I'm just patient and allow him to do his job. Um, and so I think it's just that, you know, train, train your mind to, to accept the truth um, of, of God's character and that he is good and that he is for you and that he is yeah. working for your good. Um, and that, you know, Romans 828 was written for you um, and to cling to that in the moments when you don't feel that way, when you're like, gosh, that's is that true or not? Yes, it is. Just hang on. God is working in your details. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Mm. So I feel like a lot of people right now, myself included, you know, stress and anxiety is a real Mm -hmm. thing going on in this season right now. Is there something that that you, (laughs) yeah, is there something that you suggest um, that would help um, those who are, you know, feeling really stressed and anxious about just life in general right now that they could try? Yes. And listen, we, we could talk a whole, a whole nother podcast about anxiety Mm -hmm. tips because, you know, I, um, as a fitness instructor, I I taught people how to live well in their bodies and how to manage the physical stress of anxiety. Um, and then all of a sudden with my diagnosis, I was, you know, hit with this, like there were seasons where I I literally could not move. I could go 60 minutes. Um, I had to set an alarm on my phone every 60 minutes because that was as long as I would last before another panic attack hit. Mm. Um, like I, I understand, you know, the, I understand, you know, daily anxiety, surface anxiety. I understand uh, the manifestation of deep and, you know, physical anxiety um, because I was just afraid to move. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff. I have a very big toolbox for anxiety and I'm going to go ahead and preface this because I think it needs to be said um, okay. is that one of the first things that I, you know, that, that, that I sometimes reach out for is, I mean, I, t- I take an anxiety medicine and I think that's something that like I, I teach on that, so, not teach on that, but I'll say that sometimes I'm teaching and I have women come to me and say, I've never heard anyone in a church say that it's okay. And so mm-hmm. I just, I feel like that needs to be said. Yeah. Um, for that reason alone. Um, and yeah. so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm here being completely honest and transparent with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I have a very big toolbox for anxiety. And a part of that toolbox is anxiety medicine. You right. take a Tylenol for a headache. I'm going to take some medicine for anxiety because it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a weakness. Um, it is the effect of, you know, how our brains are responding to the trauma and the crisis in our world. 
um, in our surroundings and our environment and our, I mean, it's just, it's so complicated. So I'm going to preface what I'm going to tell you with that, just because I feel like that just, you, you can't ever say that enough that, you know, women need to be okay with asking for help. Um, yes. And, and I, that's, you know, that's one of, in my toolbox, but okay. So here, here's something that I've done since, um, since I was, uh, I guess I was in college, I've done this, but you know, a lot of times I, I can't go to sleep at night cause I'm so anxious. And, um, you know, if I have trouble going to sleep, I, I have this prayer that utilizes God's gift of imagination. Um, and it often kind of helps settle my thoughts. And so here, here's what I do. I'll close my eyes. Um, and I imagine this really, really large field in front of me. So I'm just using this visualization, imaginative yeah. visualization, right? And so I'm closing my eyes and I'm picturing this large field in front of me and standing in the field are all the things um, that bring me anxiety. And so sometimes like I literally like I'll nail them to a tree or they'll be on a post, you know, I'll have mm. them sticking up in this field, like, you know, name it. Okay. COVID that's bringing me anxiety. My kids, yeah. you know, remote learning or whether he's going to pass his test tomorrow, that's bringing me anxiety. You know, can we pay our bills this month? That's, you know, a tree in my field. Um, you know, I, am, am I going to be able to finish everything I have on my to-do plate because I'm being asked to do way too much right now? That's on my anxiety. Is my kid going to be able to, you know, figure out potty training? You know, I can remember those days when I was like, yeah. Jesus, you, you got to like, literally I was on my knees when he was trying to figure out how to potty train. It's like, I can't do this. You, yeah. you got to do this. God, yeah. you got to do this. Uh, and, and he did. But, but, you know, so whatever it is that's bringing you anxiety, you know, so, okay, I've got it in my field and I put it on a tree, right? Um, and so, um, and so then, like, I imagine, um, like, you know, whatever, whatever's renting negative space in my head at the moment, I imagine all these things standing in my field. Um, and then, like, I imagine this giant hand um, and this forearm lowering down to the field from the sky. And slowly but steadily, that forearm wipes all my worries on the field away. And the field mm -hmm. empties and the hand gently opens. Um, and so you see like, you know, this, this you know, strong and large hand, but inside of it are gentle wings. And so I climb into them and I curl up and rest in their protection. Um, and then they fold over me. Um, and, in, in, you know, that visualization, that imagination practice, that forearm, hand and wings belong to God. Um, and, and I'll take several deep breaths and, and I'll begin to meditate on verses about God's kindness and refuge and peace. Um, and so that little exercise will often help kind of soothe me, uh, soothe my anxious thoughts so that I can sleep peacefully at night. It sounds really, really silly, but it works for me. <laughs> no, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. Like I, yeah and I think like for me you know like I've struggled with anxiety and I think sometimes you know I try to like push it to the side like okay maybe if I like don't think about it but I think that's a, an important step in pinpointing what it is that is bringing you like okay exactly. COVID, okay my job like you know Exactly. It's not that teaching stressful at all. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times, you know, I'll feel it like it, it's like I can't I, I can't identify it, but you can sense yeah. it. You know, whether you have that gnawing in your belly or you just like yeah. you have that emotional like angst and you feel like, yeah. gosh, what is bothering me? And until like when I actually name it, when I take mm -hmm. the time to say, OK, what is bringing me 
you know, anxiety in this moment? What is making me anxious? What's the under, what's the name of the undercurrent that's running right now in my mind? Um, and then once you can name it, you can say, okay, well, you know, I can do something about this or I can't. And if you can do something about it, do it. And if you can't mm. let it go and let God handle it. So, you know, I, you're right. Just that naming, identifying what it is, is often a really big giant step into you know, giving you some relief from that anxiety for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And thank you for earlier just mentioning too about anxiety mess medicine because I think that is thing that women or men or whoever you know like can be embarrassed about Mm -hmm. but like just like you mentioned like well if you have a headache you might take Tylenol or you know like yeah because I don't think many people view it that way yeah Mm -hmm. you know my my doctor is she's so fabulous and um and the first time I I was so nervous when I went in to talk to her about it because I just felt like gosh she's gonna judge me she's gonna think I'm a pill pusher um, you know, yeah. she's going to think I'm a weak person. Yeah. Um, and you know, and she looked at me, she's like, you know what, it's just one more thing in, in your, she's like, I, and she said, I keep it. Um, and she has an, she has it on an as needed basis. Um, and I have had that type of medicine and now I'm on a daily medicine. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, but she said, I feel so much better. She said, my anxiety you know, goes down just knowing Mm -hmm. that I have this as an option. And she Mm -hmm. said, it's silly to not take that option as long as it's a healthy option for your body and your health, you know, your doctor knows, you know, what's going to help you the most, but I mean, gracious, especially, especially in in this season. I mean, we're just, we're all juggling so much. Nobody has to be martyrs here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's something too, like for a season, like it doesn't mean, you're going to always be on it. Or, you know, that's something that my friend, I talked to her a lot about it. And she was like, you don't have to take it forever. Like this can be, you know, like, right. And how you kind of mentioned too, about the physical part and taking care of your body and Mm -hmm. that there's other things to help too. But if that's a tool that can help you, then yeah, talk to someone. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what my doctor said, because, you know, she said we're because I, I came to her during a season we were dealing with, um, you know, some really intense family issues and just some family conflict and, uh, you know, in, in the middle of, of everything else. And I just said, I, I just need a little bit of extra support to get me over this hump to get me through the season. She said, that's great. She said, let's put you on this for a year and then we'll come back and we'll reassess next year and see if you still need it. And if you don't, we'll wean you off. And if yeah. you do, then we'll have another conversation. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a lifetime commitment, you know, it's a season. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, Heather, I mean, thank you. And I mean, we want to respect your time and start to wrap this up. But you, I mean, have just given so many different things to think about. And um, I'm really excited to look into your Bible studies and to now just kind of know know more of a background about them. And um, and just those, I mean, just the visual too, like just those visual, you know, about and pinpointing it and the field, like just so many great things. So thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story and being vulnerable with us and just honest. I think 
a lot of women are going to appreciate that and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, you are more than welcome. Thank you so much for having me on and hugs to to you gals and whatever you're juggling and all of you listening, whatever you're juggling out there, just, you know, I am rooting for you always. Uh, we need to root for each other. So thanks yeah. so much for uh, giving, giving us time to, to give everybody a little pep talk. Mm-hmm. Yes. And some, a question that we always kind of like to wrap up. Well, one is where can our listeners follow you and support oh. you? Uh, yeah, so I can be found. Uh, my website is the rescued letters. Um, the the article the uh, rescued as in I have been rescued by Jesus and mm-hmm. letters as in I write a bunch of letters about it to people. So the rescued letters dot com. Um, and then I'm on crazy social media places. Um, I'm at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, kind of sorta, um, and uh, <laughs> and Pinterest at at rescued letters. Uh, so you can you can find me in all those fun places and would love if you, if you are hearing me and listening, then I'm on Insta stories a lot. So just reach out and say hi. Yeah. It's so happy over there. Yeah. I I like Instagram. (laughs) I do too. Mm -hmm. And one other thing we love to ask people is what is something you do to unwind after a busy day, stressful day? What's something you do to unwind? Mm, I really love to read. Um, you know, I, when I, when I have the, the time to do it, um, yeah. I've, I've really been into audiobooks a lot recently just because I just haven't had the time or space to actually pick up a, a physical book. That's, that's not a, uh, commentary, but, um, so I, I like to read, um, my family, we love to watch America's funniest home videos together because oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Um, and we're currently going through all the nineties, uh, sitcoms with my son. So, you know, I mean, just watch, watch a, I'm, I'm pretty shallow. I love a good TV show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Us too, girl. I know. Right. <laughs> and what okay. kind of books do you enjoy listening to? So historical fiction is, is probably my favorite, um, either yeah. that or memoirs or, um, um, I, I have a hard time listening to nonfiction on audiobook. So memoirs, autobiographies, and yeah. historical fiction are my favorite. Awesome. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for sharing your story. And I hope our listeners can learn from you and enjoy connecting with God through your studies. And we just love your outlook on life and think your words are what we all need to hear right now. So well, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. Thank you. And blessings to you gals and all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Take Bye, care. Heather. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wasn't she wonderful? Heather, thank you so much for coming on this show today. We are just honored that you spent some time with us and that you were vulnerable and just shared about your past and your journey. We really appreciate it. And we are excited to support you and to get some of your devotionals in our hands and to just dig in the word. Listeners, we appreciate you. Please go check out Heather M. Dixon. You can find her at therescuedletters.com. You can also find her with, on any of your social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Rescued Letters. You can check her out there. Just tell her what you appreciated about her coming on the show today. Maybe something she said struck a chord with you. Maybe it gave you hope in the midst of your own trials and your own journey. So, We know that we appreciate when people can come on and 
be open and honest and we just want to shower them with love and just gratitude and we're so thankful she came on as always listeners we would love your feedback please subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts share this conversation it really means a lot have a great day everyone